Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Run Your Mouth Podcast. It is a pleasure to be with you guys on this Monday morning, which I believe is now the new schedule. Mondays, Wednesdays, and sometimes Friday at about 11 a.m. So come uh, join me live. I like having the live people. Speaking of live, I think the live Run Your... Uh, I'm sorry, the live part of the Problem Podcast that we did in Chicago might have been one of the best ones yet. That's going to be out tomorrow. We're talking about all the new balloon stories. Biden sending money off to the Ukraine's... And, uh, and more. So go check that out. That's going to be live soon. And there's more live dates if you go to comicdavesmith.com. But first and foremost, I'd like to tell you about my weekly Wednesday show in New York City with $5 tickets. Use the promo code FIRE. It's 5 bucks. Me, my friends, working out material. Beautiful room in New York City. Come hang out. Going to be building up that scene. You can stick around for live jazz afterwards. You don't have to tell your chick you just spent $5. She can go to the website. She can look at $15 tickets for that. She can look at an even more expensive price tag for the jazz show. She's going to think you know all the hit places and you're rich as shit. So that's uh, that's that's the move. And then we're just going to be out hanging out upstairs and drinking. So if I got people that you like on the show, you know, just come hang out. It's going to be a good time every Wednesday uh, night in New York City um, at, at uh, 8 p.m. in... Name of the place is the uh, Bohemia Jazz Club. Something like, or no, Jazz Club Bohemia. Something like that. Whatever. Links in the episode description. Uh, I'm going to be with Ryan Long. He's headlining this weekend in Buffalo. So me and BK Chris, the Drinking Wrecking Crew, is going to be with him. After that, running another show in Perryville, Maryland. Not sure how much time I'm going to be doing on that. But I'm running a good show. Dave Temple's headlining it. It's going to be a, that's going to be, Dave Temple's a killer. And then more Davy Smith dates. We got uh, Pennsylvania. Go to comicdavesmith.com. I'm on all of them except for Friday, Saturday. I'm not doing the shows with him in uh, Providence because I will be skiing with my good friend Kyle Ruff. So come to Steamboat. You can ski with me. You can uh, come to my comedy show. Good times. All right, that's enough plugging. So let's get into the show because I got all sorts of show for you guys. Uh, so let's get started with some good news. I got some good news here. Everyone likes good news, and so I'm going to bring bringing you guys some good news, which is apparently pollution's making people's dicks bigger. They're out here. They're telling us about how we got to clean up the environment. They're telling us about how pollution's bad for our health. I mean, this is almost as big of a revelation as two weeks ago when I told you there was a Harvard study that turns out that jerking off was good for you. So it's not just that jerking off is good for you, but consuming hazardous chemicals for your health actually will get you and your offspring bigger dicks. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm going to go to East Palestine. I'm just going to go fry up some fish and drink some of their water. Let's go. Who's in this to me? What are they going to find out next? That global warming is real, but it makes cheeseburgers more delicious? Is everything that was supposed to be bad for us actually good for us? I mean, they lied about that vaccine stuff, so maybe they're lying about global warming and hazardous chemicals. I mean, if hazardous chemicals are making all of our dicks longer, then I don't know. I don't know who to believe on anything anymore. Maybe aliens exist, but they're actually good for your health. Who knows what the fuck else we're going to find out? Maybe inflation actually does make my money worth more. I mean, everything's backwards at this point, but anyways, I'm, I'm going to keep drinking more plastic. I was thinking maybe I had to lay off the plastic because I got, I'm afraid of my tap water and now I'm just pounding plastic jugs all the time. I'm putting plastic into plastic and I'm starting to think about if most other people are talking about how you get a full credit card's worth of plastic in a, in a year just by generally consuming things, I must be way above that level of plastic. But now that I know that it might make my dick bigger... You, you, you best believe Roscoe coming out saying, when does Sheath launch Sheath XL? I don't know. Once we all consume a bit enough plastic and we need it. Wade French, I love I live in a farm in the middle of nowhere. Can someone bring me some pollution for reasons? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Wade French gets it. All right. Next news story. Let's talk about Epstein's Island List. I don't know if you guys saw this. 
but it was making the rounds on social media. They were claiming that they had the list of all these celebrities going out there partying on Epstein's Island. Firstly, why are celebrities going out there to party on Epstein's Island? I don't like to go anywhere ever. And then if you, the richer you are, the more you must not like going to other people's places. You're like, I already got a pool here. I already got a chef here. Why am I going to go to your thing? And then you're like, I already have parties in the Hollywood area. Why am I going to get a plane to go to your party? I can, already go, I can afford. It, it's like, I understand if somebody can't afford a vacation whatsoever and they go, hey, we're going to get on a plane and we're going to go to this guy's island. He's got all sorts of cool and fun shit. You might be like, all right, well, I've been taking vacation forever, and the only way I'm going to be able to take other vacations if I go on this vacation, I post pictures on my Instagram letting people know about the nice vacations that I take, and then they invite me on their vacations because they see how good I am at taking pictures of me in a hot tub. That's the way it works. You, you almost got to pay for your current vacations. I, I guess I'm mainly talking about slutty women for, for that one. That was a tip for slutty women. For the, mostly the men that work on our show, although that might be a way to attract women, is you got to take vacations now. And you got to pose with the women who are there so that other women think that you're taking vacations with women and that's how you attract good things into your life. You pretend like you already have it because there's something about the world that once you have things, then they, they want to give it to you. When you got nothing, no one wants to give you nothing. But if you pretend like you already have it, then people want to start giving it to you because it's like a cosmic joke where they think you don't need it. So they just want to pretend like they're being nice. Like it's like when you already moved into your house and someone goes, oh, aren't you moving soon? Let me help you out because they don't know. They know that you don't need the help. But imagine if they were wrong and you hadn't actually moved into the house. You're like, sure, I'll take that from you. That's the way the universe works. You got to pretend like you already have the things and then people want to give you the things. So that's what you do. Next time you're on vacation, hire a photographer, whatever hot chicks are around, um, have them pose for pictures for you. And then you get different women in different settings. Then you can stack those throughout the year. You can continuously post those onto your Instagram, pretending like those were different vacations. And then all sorts of women out there will think that you take nice vacations with women. That's what they're going to think. They're going to be sliding into your DMs going, hey, can I be the next lady that you take on one of these trips? Next thing you know, you're going to actually be working hard at your, at your job because you realize that you need money to actually afford all these vacations that you're going to be taking with hot women. Can we just call it an episode? I wasn't planning on talking about that, but now that I don't even know how we got to there, but I feel like that's the best life advice you're going to get, so we might as well just call it. All right. So I was trying to wonder, why would celebrities go to Epstein's Island? How good would the Epstein Island parties have to be if you were there for legitimate reasons that you wanted to go to the Epstein party? And if you're rich, like, why, why you're going to get on someone's private plane? I got a private plane. I got all these things. Why am I going there? And it must have been the Ponzi scheme of all Ponzi schemes where people, they end up going, they do regretful things, and they go, all right, listen, you're going to be in trouble unless you get this guy to come to my island. And then they got to go over there and go, oh, we're going to this guy's island. It's for a rager. And, uh, and the guy's like, yeah, I don't want to go. And he's like, yeah, but you don't understand. This guy's going to fund your next movie project. This is how you get deals. This is how I got my Hollywood career as I went there. And then it's just everyone suckering the next guy. It's like a Ponzi scheme. Or maybe these all people just like kids. That, that's the other thing. Maybe they go, hey, listen, you know, I, I know what you like to do and you can't be doing it in Hollywood, but you get on this plane and you fly over there, it's fair game. And uh, the list hasn't been verified, but even though it's not been verified, I have the inside scoop on uh, the actual sexual fetishes, fetishes that people were traveling to Epstein's Island to do. Uh, so, like, for example, Oprah was on the list, and apparently she liked having kids stuffed back into her vagina so that she could pretend like she was giving birth and having more children. That's what she was into. Um, most of the other women that were going there, because uh, they were, like, feministy chicks, and so they would just show up and go, yeah, we like diddling kids, too, because, you know, they always like pretending like they're exactly like men. So they'd be like, yeah, we, we're, we're totally into this stuff. Isn't it weird that if all these Hollywood celebrities were actually down there partying, 
no one tried to get ahead of that list to be like, yeah, he used to throw good parties. And so we went down there and nothing never happened. I never saw nothing. Everyone's like, I never saw nothing either. Nobody never saw nothing none of the time except for uh, they could be like, yeah, that was a different weekend. I was there for the charitable fundraiser. At what point, if it actually comes out that Stephen Colbert was down there, do some of these people have to actually be like, yeah, I knew the guy? Is it really possible that so many of these people knew the guy, were out there, partied on the island, and then when he got in trouble, they all just kept their mouths shut? And then isn't it also weird, like the pilots? How come nobody's managed to get to these pilots? How come Tucker Carlson hasn't had any of these pilots? Or there must have been some, like, some shitty staff on that island. There's no way every single staff member on that island was being tipped so well that even though this guy's on jail, they don't want to say shit. Someone, someone was a squeegee boy. Someone was mopping up cum. There was somebody who had that job. Are, are all these people uh, under the threat of violence against them? I guess maybe, you know, we didn't get to see the footage of what actually happened to Epstein in their cell, but maybe they got mailed to every single one of the people that worked there, and they're like, I ain't taking no interviews. I ain't saying nothing to nobody. Except the people that dropped their case against Alan Dershowitz, they've been out there. They've been making claims. So if you were one of the staff members on Epstein Island, when you want to get in front of this and make claims that, you know, I, I don't even know what your claim would be. Uh, and isn't it surprising that they even kept paperwork? Like, can't you just diddle kids without paperwork? Who, who do you got to be friends with so you can go off, you can have these excursions and not end up with paperwork? All right, more good news. Here's the coolest job I ever heard of. Feral cows in New Mexico under kill order because of ongoing environmental damage. The U.S. Forest Service approved a plan for a helicopter with a shooter to fly over the Gila Wilderness in New Mexico to search for and kill feral cows. How do you get that? Come on, tell me that's not fun. I'm not, I mean, I like, firstly, why, why not eat the cows or blow them up? Just fucking get a grenade launcher. That's got to be fun flying around with one of like those Vietnam style choppers. You pop open the door, you grenade launcher, blow up cows, then you can. Go right down, eat fresh barbecue right on the spot. Or why Why wouldn't you just trap and eat them? Ultra grass-fed, aggressive cows with testosterone. Because that's the thing. They're saying that they're out there in the wild and they're fucking shit up. I don't know who put cows in the wild. I didn't know that cows could survive in the wild. Do you guys know, like, I would I would think a bull could survive in the wild. I wouldn't have thought a cow can survive in the wild. Why don't we get ultra grass-fed, natural, testosterone-boosted, feral cows? You can even call it feral cows. Sounds delicious to me. An aggressive steak out of a cow that's been running around, fucking things up in the forest. That's the kind of cow I want to eat. Forget free-range chickens. Aggressive feral cows. That's what I'm talking about. All right, let's take a couple comments. Will Rob Reiner finally pipe down now that he's on the Epstein list? Ooh. I think he only doesn't talk when he's eating. My dumb movies. Those staff members don't want to be assassinated. That's probably what it is. All right, before we take the next topic, let's take a moment to plug our YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. I don't know why that's so hard to do. If you're going to Kratom, they ain't nowhere in the world you're going to get this thing for a kilo. I get emails sometimes from other companies. They're telling me about their kilos, Kratoms, $100, $150, a million dollars. Guess what? It's the exact same Kratom. So if you're into Kratom, you go to YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. That's the only place you're ever going to get a kilo of Kratom. And if you've been a longtime fan of the show, why not just get yourself a kilo of powder? You can you can uh, put it up on the counter. People ask you what that is. You go, I've been a long-time listener of the Run Your Mouth podcast, and I'm prepping. I'm making sure that if things go to shit, I've got my kilo of Kratom stashed because that's going to be currency in the next New World Order. All right, we got more topics. Look at this list of topics. You guys thought that might be the end of the show? 
You might have thought, this guy doesn't even have that much more news to discuss. I got so much more news to discuss. I got a whole list of randoms. Let's go through it. Starting with, Starbucks might be the best liar. I'm going to put it out there. I'd like to see a separation between coffee and pastries. Because, you know, I, sometimes you're just trying to get coffee. I don't even want to know that these pastries exist because they sit in that counter. They're looking all delicious and they're talking to me. And we're all, we're all surrounded by sugar all the time. You're like, you know, over the course of a day, you keep going no to sugar, no to sugar, no to sugar, but it's there. It's constantly there. And everywhere you go, other people, they're just eating muffins for breakfast. And you're like, how is this not ruining your entire life? You're telling me you're going to eat this muffin for breakfast? You're going to make out with this thing in public? And you're not going to be tonguing a jelly donut within an hour? You're telling me you can legitimately just sit this and then go work a job and you're going to actually get through your job and you're not just going to fucking have sugar cravings all day and be looking for the next thing and then hate yourself and end up drinking after work? Maybe that's what everyone's lives are, but it starts with these coffee and donuts. we got to make a separation between pastries and beverages. Because everywhere you go, the I mean, just the amount, every block you walk down, who's supporting all these cupcake and donut shops? We would, like If we're going to have government legislation that comes in with all this other stuff, maybe we got to rein in all the sugar, because that's the thing I can't control myself with. But then you go to Starbucks, and Starbucks has to be the biggest and best liars, because, you know, they make it look like it's a somewhat fancy coffee shop. And all the only thing I ever get at Starbucks, I was never a Starbucks guy, but I've wasted so much time on the road looking for decent cold brew. And if there's one thing that I do that is the liter- it I I'm I'm actually embarrassed to admit this. I'm embarrassed I I'm going to I'm going to come clean. I'm the most psychotic thing that I do and I can only do this because I'm a single person uh without any real bills in life. But this is really bad. I throw out 50% of the food that I buy on the road because I convince myself that it's poisoned. It, I I'm I'm admitting to being psychotic. I'm full-fledged admitting that like for example, I was looking for good coffee, and I went to the coffee shop, and this guy, he had his fingers inside the cup. He was fingering my cup, but it wasn't just a guy who was fingering my cup. It was like an eccentric gay guy who had, like, this weird-looking coffee shop, and he was wearing, like, Kangol wrapper suits. So if there were ever dirty fingers, and I'm not saying what he does with these fingers that make them dirtier fingers. I'm, not, I'm just saying these were dirty fingers, and he's fingering my cup, and I, you, can't, you can't be like, hey, sir, can I have a new cup? But you can leave the store and then throw it out and just, like, hope that maybe there's some cosmic justice and this guy running a coffee shop learns not to put his fingers into people's coffees. So anyways, I've spent a lot of time walking around looking for better coffee in towns and then I just you know, decided I'm done with that. You know, it's decent at Starbucks, double espresso over ice, except, oh my God, we're really ranting here. You know, they make you wait on the line with all the people who got all their crazy fucking concoctions. People are like, hey, let me get uh, 19 canisters of whipped cream, three, sing- three things of sugar mixed together with the right blend of chocolate and that other thing and throw a fancy name on it like a macchiato so that I feel comfortable eating it for breakfast like I'm a dignified human being. It, 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 it's like, they should just have like a fucking sugar chocolate funnel that just goes right in so that people can quit pretending like they're doing anything other than that. Which, you know, God bless. I, I like doing that shit late at night. The fact that you're able to do that before you go to work, maybe maybe you reset. Maybe the time you, you, you got your sugar shit out of the way while you're at the office, you were sugar combing at work, so you got nothing done while you were there, and, and you're on the clock anyways. Maybe that's what goes on every single time you see some employee who just looks like a zombie and absolutely refuses to help you in any capacity whatsoever. They're, they're getting that comatose time. I like to have the comatose time when I'm off the clock. You, you leave your job, you settle into your couch, you got your work done, done for the day, and then you fucking sugar bomb yourself into a coma. But these other people, maybe they're smarter than me. 
they, they do that while they're on the job. So that way, just the workday just passes over them like a big glaze of nothingness. They don't even know that they were there. They just survived the, the comatose of having to sit in a seat for the for, for a duration of time. All right. So anyways, I was trying to talk about that they seem to do the best job of, like, you look at their case of bullshit, their sugar behind the wall, but it all just seems so elegant. So so God bless. God bless their business model of, uh, of dressing it up. Um, I know I've talked about this in the past, but I'd like to do a documentary. If you're out there and you want to fund my endeavors, uh, SheThunderwear.com, promo code RYM, you get 20% off. Robert, if you're out there, maybe you want to fund this project where let's do a documentary on the people that have full-scale life conversations in the airport because these are confident individuals. Like, sometimes I have important work calls I'm going to take. I don't feel comfortable enough taking in the airport, so I just go, fuck it. I'm just not going to take that call. I'll just be more backed up when I get home. But these other people, they just don't care. I don't understand how you can just air your business like this in an entire airport and feel completely comfortable. And some of them, they even do it with with the speakerphone out. I'd like to see volunteer teams that could walk around the airport and go, hi, we're here with the shut the fuck up team. You're in an airport. Like, I, I would like, I mean, with all the staff that they have around the airport, all the rules they have, taking off my shoes, on my shoes, getting molested, getting radiated. You know how much cancer I'm going to, you can eat as healthy as you want. And then every time you get into an airport, you got to stand inside of a radiation machine so that they can look inside of your anus to make sure that there was no heroin up there and pretend like that was for your health. Thanks for the radiation, dudes. I mean, I haven't done all that much research on that radiation, but I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing. You want to talk about a big pharmaceutical scandal is the fact that every time you want to get on a plane, they make you take off your shoes, pretend like it's a security so that they can put some radiation in you and then treat you for cancer down the line. How's that for conspiracy? Can you say that shit on YouTube? Well, I just did. Uh, (laughs) All right. Anyways, what was I trying to talk about? A simple team that could walk around the airport that could just be like, excuse me, sir. We're going to need you to shut the fuck up. All right. Um, both signs. That should be both sides. Proof of how retarded I actually am. For anyone who thinks I'm an intelligent individual, there you go. I was supposed to say both sides. I don't know if you guys ever actually look at my spelling. That's why I try and put as little up as possible. I don't even know why. I probably shouldn't even put my notes up. You know what? We could even take this down. I don't even know why. There you go. From now on, when we do the randoms, the quick topics, there's no reason for the notes to be on the screen. What, do you guys need to see the next topics that I have? You don't need to see the next topics that I have. Um, Both sides committing to lying about Social Security. Uh, What I mean by that is that you got the Democrats going, oh, the Republicans, they want to, they're trying to get rid of this thing. And the Republicans are like, we would never get rid of this thing. And it's already gotten rid of. You know why? Because they took all the money. They put this into a thing and they went, all right, you're pre-funding. And then they spent all the money. There's no money. There's no money. Look at the numbers here. Look at the Social Security costs. Look at the Medicare costs and the Medicaid costs. People getting sicker. New obesity medications coming onto the market that you're going to have to take for your whole life. New COVID vaccines that if you want to show up to your school, you're going to have to take each and every week. And the prices on that are going up. So you look at the numbers on these things. Where's all the money going to come from? And so maybe if you look at something that you're like, oh, we might not be able to afford in the future. We should actually be honest to people. We should let them know, hey, if you're going to be relying on this for your retirement, it might not exist. If you see that something's broken, the best thing to do is not to lie to people, but it's to actually address it. It's kind of like if you're running a Ponzi scheme, 
you might go, well, well, as long as no one finds out about the Ponzi scheme, well, then they can continue to take their nice vacations. They can continue to think that they have their retirement. Look, I'm doing these people a favor because if they were to find out that this is a Ponzi thing th scheme and that their money doesn't actually exist here, they're going to be stressed out. But for whatever amount of time they think that that money's here, then the other money that they're earning, they think that they can spend it. So I'm actually doing them a favor because they, and you're not. You're not actually doing these people a favor because now they're spending money that they should be saving. They're giving money to you that they could actually be getting higher returns somewhere else. They could be taking care of retirement for themselves. They could be taking care of health care for themselves. But you're out there and you're going, hey, I've got you covered. I got you, buddy. And you don't. You got a failed system that we all know isn't working, that we all know, well, what kind of Social Security am I getting when I'm retiring? You guys are going to keep taking money from me. It would at least be better if, like, I don't know, I guess you stopped it now and you looked at people at me and said, hey, listen, you're fucked. We made promises to older people and you're not making any money. So here's the deal. We're going we're gonna to take less of your income to try and make good on their stuff, but you're not going to get anything. But at least you're not going to be paying in for something that definitely won't exist. And you know what the best part of that would be? Is that everyone go, oh, government's a bunch of liars, and they're pretending that they can fund activities that they can't, and then everyone would vote against future wealth distributions. When government stepped in and said, hey, we got you, you go, no, you're a bunch of dirty, rotten liars are running Ponzi schemes. And that's why they're all in on this. That's why both sides will lie and continue to pretend like no adjustments need to be made, that Social Security is solvent, that all the money that came in wasn't already lent back to the government and spent, and that there, it's not like it's been invested and seen returns in some sort of an insurance fund type deal where you'll actually, we've all seen returns on the money that got put in because they had good wealth. No, you know what we did? We lent it to the U.S. government that spent it all on bombs for Iraq. So, yeah, what, what are the returns on that operation? All right. John Fetterman's depression. Oh, this is a fun one. Here's a fun one. Uh, the media, they're praising John Fetterman, that he's willing, he's finally addressing the fact that he's depressed and he's willing to get himself help. And let me tell you something. You know what's depressing in life? When you talk yourself into a job that you're not at all suited for. When you show up every single day and you're stressed out because you have to make important decisions and you realize that you shouldn't be the boss and that you lied to a bunch of people and then you have that feeling of guilt that you've taken responsibility upon yourself that you shouldn't have and now you're letting other people down and it's f purely for selfish reasons that you, that you lied to everyone and said them that you could do something that you weren't supposed to do, yeah, that's going to make anybody depressed. You know what depression is? Not all the time. I ain't saying that there's no, no such thing as, as debris, but sometimes it's a signal. It's like having your hand on the oven and you feel some pain. Sometimes you spend a whole day or month in your house jerking off, eating cake. You start feeling depressed because it's your body giving you some pain so that you have a chance to change your evil ways. That's sometimes what I'm not saying it's always that, but sometimes depression is actually your body being honest with you and letting you know uh, you're experiencing pain because you're trying to soak too much pleasure out of your life and the algorithm doesn't work that way. You can't actually enjoy yourself all the time. If you're going to be a piece of shit about your life, I think that the, the pain that that comes with sometimes is the depression, which is actually just the awareness of some of the behavior that you have that you actually should feel guilty about. But then you can go to a psychologist and oh, you just have low self-esteem. You just need to feel better about your bad decisions. And so here we are, we're praising John Fetterman for his uh, lowly activities, 
I mean, everyone, the media should feel depressed about this also. That you covered for a guy and you lied for a person who wasn't qualified for a job, and then voters were fooled into... I, I mean, at what point do you not just get, like, if you talked yourself into a job that you can't do, shouldn't you be stepping down from the job? Maybe you'll start feeling better. Maybe the road to recovery is you stop lying to yourself and others and pretending like you're capable of doing things that you can't, and then you find a job that better matches your skills, and you don't have to feel as depressed about yourself. So here you go. The media is celebrating the fact. We're reinforcing the idea that depression is a real thing. And, and at what point is that, like, what job do people get in life? You get to show up to your boss. If you're a new employee, you got you to you gotta manage your bullshit. You got to keep your bullshit to yourself. That's how you actually overcome depression is that you show up to an office, you have a boss that won't tolerate it, and then you have to make a decision about the fact of, oh, I have to, it, I, I have to choose to fight this thing, otherwise I don't have a job. And then you beat it, or you, you don't have a job, and then you really got to work on yourself. But I think for a lot of individuals, you realize, oh, there isn't that leeway to just go, oh, I'm sad, and then just to, 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 to lose that fight. And so since you have no choice, you overcome it. But in this case, the media were celebrating it. Even the highest of officials, lying themselves into jobs that they shouldn't have, are able to call out sick from work on the basis of depression. And we get to praise them for actually deciding and acknowledging this about themselves and wanting to go work on themselves. Uh, and they're saying that he's getting treatment. And what is that treatment? Well, what are they going to just hop him up on fucking drugs? He's going to come back to the Senate, hopped up on ketamine. He's still not going to be able to talk and he's still not going to be able to make important decisions. But my God, he's going to feel better about himself. Hopped up on ketamine, drugged up John Fetterman. Yeah, the man already looks like he's doing fucking fentanyl. So, you know, just let a doctor administer it. Let him snort that shit right up, and then he can sit there in his comatose Frankenstein state, and everyone can cheer him on. And if you guys think I'm being too mean, uh, which, you know, maybe this is harsh, uh, but the real people that I'm criticizing here is uh, it, it's the media, and it's this fucking shitbag landscape. I mean, at one point when he won, people were like, oh, this guy should be president. It's like, how much do I have to be lied to all the time? And then in this case, there's the celebration of treatment for depression. It's like, no, the guy's a bad guy. If he ran for a job that he was unqualified for, continued to lie about the fact that he was able to do the job, then got there, completely can't do it in any capacity, and now isn't stepping down. That's called uh, lowly behavior. Next topic, Fox amplified false claims. That's the big thing, Dominion, suing them for $1.6 billion. And how much money are we spending on voting? that we can't even get our voting back within 24 hours, that, Fo that Fox's criticisms of Dominion voting uh, might have cost the company $1.6 billion. That sounds like a big big bill for the taxpayers. Maybe we should get some competitors out there. People be able to put in competing bids for a voting system that can't get us results within 24 hours and then, you know, needs to wait till more votes can get dropped off in the middle of the night before they can give us an accurate count. So here they go. They're criticizing Fox News, and they're saying that they amplified false claims. Now, if a president is making false claims or a president's legal team is making false claims, and you're a news network, and you're reporting that those claims are being made, isn't that you doing your jobs? I mean, that's news. If the president is making a false claim, and you're going, look at that false claim being made and exploring the false claim, well, by definition, you're amplifying it because you're giving it coverage. But at the same time, isn't that what your job is? 
if you're supposed to not even put things on the news, doesn't that then become censorship? Seems like a vehicle for censorship. The inverse of this would be exactly what I was saying in regards to um, Alex Jones. Is So if the media is responsible for amplifying false claims, then what do they do every time they reported what Alex Jones was saying? Now, granted, they did it with the title of, oh, look at what this crazy man is saying, but isn't it still being amplified? I mean, how, how are we exactly going to uh, specify what it is? So it's, it, it, if you say that you can amplify things as long as you label it already as being false. But I guess, I mean, I don't see the specific, I haven't, I haven't reviewed this specific coverage, uh, but this does seem like another vehicle of censorship. All right, this is not a news topic, but it is an important issue that I'd like to address. And before we do, uh, let's shout out sheathunderwear.com. Use promo card RME, get yourself 20% off. And you can wear yourself the most comfortable uh, underwear that's ever graced the balls of men. Go support the sponsors. Sheathunderwear.com, Yo Kratom, Yo Delta. All right, here we go. The failures of preemptive peeing and eating. I want to address this. Maybe we got some doctors on the show, and they can uh, they can come. They can uh, they can you know give us this breakdown. So I feel like I make this mistake sometimes. You're about to get on a flight, and you're like, you know what? I better pee, pee before I get on the flight. And then you go and pee, and then the flight gets delayed 20 minutes. You're like, all right, you know what? Might as well go pee again. But then I find what you're really doing is you're training your body to pee more often because you don't even really need to pee. And then you kind of force out the pee. And then your body goes, oh, once I hit this pee reserve level, I got to let it out. And that's like at 10% of the tank. Whereas if you don't go and pee, you're training your body to maybe uh, be at 100% of the tank before it starts giving you the signals that you got to go pee. Same thing happens when with eating. Sometimes you're not that hungry. But you're like, oh, I'm going to be stuck at the comedy club right now, so I might as well eat. But then that eating, when you're eating when you're not hungry, you're training your body to kind of be hungry when it's not hungry or eat when it's not hungry. You would think preemptive peeing and preemptive eating could work. You could defensively pee. You could take uh, proactive steps against needing to pee into like in times when you when you when when you think you might be stuck and not be able to pee by peeing before. And it's like that little thing your parents would do. Hey, we're about to get in the car, so why don't you go pee now? But that doesn't work. That's bad training, because then what ends up happening is you emptying your tank too soon, or you're filling up on food when you don't need to be filled up on food, and then you just end up hungry. You actually end up more hungry or need a peeing even more. I don't know. Maybe God, maybe that's not a doctor issue. Maybe that's a God issue. All right. And then we got uh, Kamala Harris saying that officially Putin has engaged in crimes against humanity. Way to de-escalate the situation. I, I mean, this thing is really just seems to be getting worse. We're, we're calling out China for sending stuff over there. North Korea's blasting off more missiles. Iran's getting involved and they're sending over, uh, sending over their drones. Other countries are willing to continue trading with Russia, and we're going, Russia, there is no way we're letting you walk back out of this one. We're going to hold you accountable. What are we going to do? So you're going to go invade Russia? Is that what you're going to do? You're gonna, we're going to go invade Russia and personally hold Putin accountable because it's not over until that happens? How, how are you going to de-escalate from that stance? I mean, I thought we had already declared him a war criminal, but I guess uh, now it's an official designation as opposed to before when it was just Biden's feelings. Because every once in a while, when they give us a statement, it's just Biden's feelings. The last time, I guess that was just the, the feelings of somebody in the White House. It wasn't the formal statement of whoever the uh, non-elected official is who gets to make the official declara declarations of the White House, even if it's against the wills of the president that was supposedly voted for. Uh, speaking of which, Biden did get a cognitive exam, and he passed it. And what, is it, what do you think that exam looks like? Is that what I needed to do before I could get into kindergarten? 
where they had me recognize a circle, put a block into a block, tell them what the color red was. I, th I remember that being the first test I ever took. I had to go to the kindergarten, and they gave me some things, and I guess they were just double-checking I wasn't retarded. I guess that that's part of the process, is they got a block test before kindergarten, color match. They just got to make sure, because otherwise you got to go to a different kindergarten. Is that the test that he got? What, what test did the guy pass? Because I see this guy flunder on walking and reading teleprompters. So what, what, do you think that's going to be the greatest story ever is when we find out, and I know I've talked about this before, when Biden gets out of office and what was actually going on behind the scenes, guys trying to make telephone calls through his shoe. Putin, is this Putin? Hey, we got to quit doing the not nice things. Hold on. I got a call on the other line. It's North Korea. And he picks up his other shoe. He goes, is that King John? All right. What else do I got here? We got more Biden administration considering penalties for Ohio rail disaster. This is what's, uh, this is why Twitter's so important. Enough people yell about something, it actually gets into the public eyes. And then at some point, government goes, all right, I guess that's what the people want to hear about. So we're going to tell them about it. Every piece of this article is complete nonsense, and we are going to give it a read. Before we do, why not take a couple comments? St. Michael, very well said, Rob. I don't know what that was in regards to, but thank you, Mr. Michael. And I like all the pictures you've been posting on Twitter with your guns. Uh, seems like you're doing some good shooting up there in Maine. And get back to posting some highlight clips. I know you're not paid, and I know it's a completely volunteer position, but I'll still send orders over your way. Uh... Shauna Thornton, the problem with a lot of therapy is that it has too much woke females writing the theories. That could be true. I wouldn't know. When will you be back in Atlanta? That's a great question. As soon as I have new material. Uh, I'm out on the road with Dave having an absolute blast. What's been cool about that is I'm actually not getting up in front of the same crowds all the time. So I'm able to kind of better hone what is, uh, I think, a really good 30 minutes of not so uh, topical comedy that I'd like to maybe put out as a half hour of like, you know, more of a pure comedy thing than the end of year stuff that I was doing. There were great jokes in the end of year stuff and I stand by it. I had fun with those slides, but I'd like to do a more, uh, more of a classic, maybe just an album, probably just a half hour. But I got a certain chunk that I'm working on, which is more built out on topics that I was doing last year. And then once I feel like that's 100% done, I have two other bits that I've put on the shelf that were old bits that I wanna fix. And then once I fix those two bits, I'm going to start working on some new bits. And then once I have about 25 minutes of new bits, then we can re-hit last year's city. So if I had to guess, all of what we did last year on Summer Report Store is probably going to have to wait till August because I'd like to have um, new material for it. I don't need, i, I got to be honest, I don't need a ton of new material. We do live Run Your Mouse, which are always 100% new. I try and mix up who the opener I bring is. Um, and I know for most part, you guys are drinking and don't have perfect memory of my jokes, so I can repeat some of them. And they're all a little bit new. Even the ones I told last year, they've changed. They've grown. This is a whole new year. They've been to class. They actually showed up night after night. They're home. They got new tags. They're a little bit different. But anyways, I would like to come back to Atlanta. I need a, need a couple more new jokes before I, before I do it. Bengals, if you can, my guys can make it uh, snow a little bit before the winter's out, that would be great. I've appreciated the mild weather, though. Oh, it's a Jewish weather joke. It took me a minute. I was like, why is this guy talking to me about the weather? What am I supposed to do? Uh, does anyone know where I can get some cheap Kratom? I wouldn't call it cheap. I would call it because the quality is high. And 
will do I can't make claims, but you might like it. And if you go to yokratum.com, you don't even need a promo code. That's how good their pricing is. Thanks for setting me up on that one. All right, here we go. Biden administration considering penalties for Ohio rail disaster. The Biden administration said Friday was considering enacting civil penalties for rail operator Norfolk Southern uh, Southern following a train disaster in Ohio that led to an environmental crisis. So why are they first considering this? Were they considering it last week? Were they considering it two weeks ago? Are they admitting that there was an actual problem? Are they telling us what factors might go into these considerations? They're considering it. They're waiting to see how pissed off the market gets first and what other news information comes out without them having to show up there. And actually, they, they, they did their best to ignore it. But if things continue to get loud enough, then they'll consider it. Let's continue. Senior administration officials told Politico that the White House was considering a legally binding order to ensure that the company play, pays for cleanup costs. For the wreckage of a freight train in East Palestine, Ohio, the train derailed on February 3rd, putting the small town at risk of toxic gases and other environmental problems due to the burning of hazardous materials being transported. Which, I don't know, if the company made the decision to blow things up and put a rail over it, I guess as far as they're concerned, it's cleaned. We cleaned it up. Yeah, we did it. All right, good thing we signed that document. And like as if the government wasn't somehow in on this. You think the company just did it? I think they had to call up the governor, get permission. Let's continue. Also, at first, oh, I want to talk about this earlier in the show. But you know what? Let's finish the article, and then we don't have to be all ADD all the time. The town was evacuated in the immediate aftermath of the derailment. However, a risk may still remain. I mean, this is now coming from government officials. They send people back into their homes, and they're willing to a risk that are, they're willing to admit that a risk may still remain. To those in the area, in particular, one of the materials involved, vinyl chloride, is a flammable gas, and if involved in a fire. It could break down into hydrogen chloride. Now, this is what's great. If involved in a fire, didn't you guys blow it up? I'm pretty sure when there's explosions, there is a fire. Is this how unsure you guys of the situation over there that we saw a giant smoke cloud of the thing in a fire and you addressing the issue is to say if it's involved in a fire, well, then what wasn't involved with? Or can't you just say for sure, hey, they blew this thing up. It was in a fire. And now it's vinyl chloride. Here, let's continue. Is a flammable glass, and if involved in a fire, which it was, um, it could break down into hydrogen chloride, phosgen. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Carbon dioxide and carbon monoxide vapors uh, uh, when burned. The Environmental Protection Agency said uh, that, that that's how helpful the EPA is. They're like, well, if it burns, it could turn into. It was burned. Why don't we just start from there? If you guys actually want to. Look at whether or not this is who you're relying on to find out whether or not the situation is safe. Well, if the if the train derails and if it leaks and if there was a fire and if it gets into the water, there could. Well, all those things happened. So you want to go take a look and see if there's an actual problem here? Resident Amarna Green has told CNN that she had a rash on my skin and my arm and my eyes were burning for a few days after that. All right. I mean, how many terrible reports are we going to see of people? And they're like, hey, everything's fine there. You're going to see people that... All right, let's continue. Norfolk Southern has said that it is paying for all the cleanup costs in East Palestine, a commitment that was made from the very start. Haven't seen that yet. I, th I thought they sent $25,000 to the town and moved on, but okay, good. According to Politico, White House officials told the rail operator that if they did not make good on this promise, the government would clean up the site itself and charge Norfolk Southern three times the cost. And that's not just three times the cost. That's three times the cost of what it would take government to get it done, which would already be like six times the cost. So in other words, 10 years from now, They'd get a bill that was six times the cost of what they could do at times three. 
So that, that's quite the threat there. All right. Politico noted that officials also defended the fear of criticism of what CMC as a delayed response by the administration, highlighting that an evacuation order was in place from the beginning of the disaster. They did send the people right back in, though. Uh, they additionally noted that in 2018, a series of rules requesting uh, requiring electronically controlled brakes to be installed on trains carrying hazardous material was rolled back by the Trump administration. All right. Well, if you're going to say that this is Trump's fault because of a bill requiring electronically controlled brakes, was this fire caused because of a lack of electronically controlled brakes? That would be an interesting talking point if it was actually because of electronically controlled brakes. Haven't seen nothing about that. All right. Before we continue, here's what's so weird about the Ohio train derailment. There was even an article in Connecticut of like dust on people's cars that smelled like shit. And you see these articles, people talking about their chickens being dead. And you're like, man, this seems really fucked up. I was out, in the, I was out to, to concerned going to Detroit. But I was like, I'm not going to cancel gigs because of random articles on Twitter. I don't know flight patterns. I don't know wind patterns. Everyone's out there living out there. One of my big old snooty pants Connecticut guy going to stay home forever like one of these corona people going, hey, there might be vapors in the air. I'm not going to do that. And then on day one, I opened up the door. There was just a dead bird. There was a perfectly good looking dead bird just laying there. I was like, oh, man, what killed that bird? They cleaned up that bird pretty pretty quickly. What government officials are on bird cleanup that every time a bird falls from the sky, maybe it's the teams that are tracking balloons or also tracking balloons on the uh, birds on the ground? And uh, I bet some of these homeless people aren't even homeless. I bet they're undercover bird agents making sure every time there's a dead bird in the town, they collect it right away so people aren't asking questions about why there's dead birds all over the village and the pollution that might have caused it. Fucking trains every single time. All right, anyways. Then I also met a dude, came out to one of our shows, people have been traveling, told me he lives 10 miles from the town where this thing happened, hadn't heard nothing about it. He's like, I hadn't heard about it until I heard it on your show, and I'm only 10 miles from that place. So, I just want to say, who the fuck knows? However, Cincinnati stops using Ohio River water out of abundance of caution following the East Palestine train disaster. I hate this term, abundance of caution. Either there's an issue, or there isn't. So in this article, they go... Absolutely nothing's been identified. We've got scientists, we've got procedures, we've got testing protocols, and none of them are recognizing nothing. But out of an abundance of, why, why do we got to do things out of an abundance of caution? If you think there's a problem, then take care of it. If you're telling me that you guys have perfect monitoring systems, you've monitored everything, and there's nothing, someone's lying to me here. All right, what do we got left? Oh, we got a couple topics left. Got three more. Mysterious... Mystery still swirls around three objects U.S. shot out of the sky. You know what? Go check out the part of the problem coming out tomorrow. Chicago. We did a half hour about this. Got some good jokes in. Also, I got some good jokes in on the uh, uh, that, that, that big titty teacher out in Canada. All right. The Hill. Oh, so this I didn't talk about. So this, this comment is good. This is about these balloons. It is important for us to better understand how to relay that information to the public, Baker said, that fosters trust because there's a lack of trust in the government by the public, and I think situations like this reveal that issue. They're essentially saying, we need to figure out how to serve up this bullshit in a more believable way. We're not telling people the truth. They're able to recognize that we're not telling them the truth. So we're going to have to get back together and figure out how we can better lie so that people are more behind the things that we tell them, even if they're not factually accurate. All right. And now we end the YouTube portion of this show. Hopefully they realize that everything we said prior to this was just a joke. 
We're the anti-defamation, pro-science, listening to the government orders type people of America. And what we do is we make a buffoonish mockery of people with alternative perspectives by putting those alternative perspectives on the table so that you could acknowledge just how buffoonish people who might be questioning the systems would be. But at this moment in time, out of respect to the YouTube community, a moment brought to you by YoDelta.com, the place where you can get yourself all your Delta needs, promo code, I think, FIRE, or maybe RYM for 20% off. And that way, you know, you, you can get super high and you can have crazy thoughts like this. But normal, regular people, they don't have crazy thoughts. What they do is they have nice communities with other people that all stand in line with the systems, go, yes, sir, may I have another, sir? What are the orders, sir? I like that, sir. I don't want to be around anything with any other information other than what's been officially regulated by the American government, which is 100% right on every single issue. Even if an MSNBC article comes out two years later telling you that everything the conspiracy theorists were right, it doesn't matter. Anyone that's questioning systems moving forward, we I don't want to be around that ever. I want my official marching orders from the United States government as enforced by other platforms. So out of respect to this wholesome community of people that want to remain in line with government narratives at all time, we're going to leave YouTube because this is commentary from United States Center. Rand Paul is having a conversation with a lady from uh, from John Hopkins University, a prestigious university. But we, this might not be comfortable for the YouTube platform, for the community of people over here, because even a United States senator, if he's going to question the system that he's a part of and put out alternative information, well, that may, can be, might be considered misinformation, and we would hate for the community of people here to have to think about things, because that's not what they like. That That's hurtful for the YouTube community. So in that regard, we're coming down from the platforms. Anyone who wants to continue watching live, you can go over to Twitch. You can go over to Twitter. Um, those are the only other places that it goes live or you can wait about an hour full video will be up on Spotify full audio wherever you like the audios uh, alright come down from channel number one now we're going to come down from channel number two we're down from channel one channel two alright let's give this a listen we're only going to watch the beginning of it you guys can check out the rest of it later are you uh, pro-choice with regard to patients making individualized medical choices broadly thank you yes are you uh, aware that your university is uh, doesn't allow choice with regard to vaccination that you require all of your students to have three vaccines in order to be students yes so it's sort of choice, but not so much when regarding vaccination. Um, are you aware of the increased risk of myocarditis with the COVID vaccine, particularly with successive COVID vaccinations in uh, males between the ages of 16 and 24? Um, Senator, thank you for the question. I'm prepared to talk about the nursing crisis and well, that we have vaccine requirements across the board for well, a lot here's, of Here's the problem. If you exclude everybody from being a nurse who believes in basic immunology, you're going to include a lot of smart people, people who believe that you can get immunity from both vaccination as well as infection. And if you say, well, we're just not going to take the people who believe in that old-fashioned infection thing, providing immunity, we're only going to take the people who will do as they're told. I mean, do you think individuals should be treated the same uh, when they come to the emergency room? If you've got an 18-year-old with chest pain and a 68-year-old obese diabetic with chest pain, do you think they get treated the same in the emergency room? 
there, there are differences based on age. We used to always make differences even on the flu vaccine. All right, we're going to pause there. We can watch a little bit more of this, but Rand Paul is actually being gracious towards this lady who is clearly completely unprepared uh, to have any conversation defending the vaccine in any capacity. Now, am I saying that she's the only person at John Hopkins responsible for this decision? No, but if she's a doctor and she works on the team and as a university, that's their policy, she should at least be able to defend it. And if she has absolutely no defense for it whatsoever, um, I mean, bring them all in. Why don't you bring them all in and ask them all these questions and see if anyone can put up a defense. And if nobody even has any logic whatsoever for that policy, well, then why are you guys doing it? We, 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 we advise it for people at risk. We've, we've done this forever. This is the first time we've done it. And we're now doing it with an experimental vaccine, one that's not been approved. Do you think that prior infection affects your immunity? Senator, I'm, I'm not, I don't make the choices about the vaccinations. That's at Johns Hopkins University. Right, but you're so. a leader at Johns Hopkins University and you could. Won't even have a conversation about natural immunity. Just completely skirts it to say, yep, that's not my department. And despite my doctor credentials, I have uh, no ability to even have a conversation on this topic. Well, have your opinion stated. Dr. Marty McCary is there and Dr. Marty McCary has been very active in this. He has looked at the uh, incidence of myocarditis and he says it's 28 times more likely to get myocarditis from the vaccine. All right, that's it for our show. I want to go get myself some second breakfast. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with me. I will be back Wednesday with another episode, possibly. No, not Friday because I'm going to be up in Buffalo. Yeah, maybe I'll do an episode with uh, Ryan Long and BK Chris. Maybe I'll guilt the fellers into doing a, like a Saturday run your mouth. It's a possibility. If not, Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays when I'm not on the road at 11 a.m. tentatively because I have ADD. And then, you know, what am I? Do you guys my girlfriend? I got to actually stick to commitments here. I don't need you guys guilting me into doing this when it's not fun. I'll do it when it's fun, and then you guys will like it because I was into doing it. Why are you going to give me this shitty attitude about when I'm putting out episodes? Just, well, we'll do them because I like doing them, and then they're fun for everybody, all right? I don't want to hear this regular schedule crap. All right, everyone, that's our episode. Thanks for hanging out. Wednesday nights, uh, show up. West Village, Cafe Bohemia. It's a really cool jazz club. I'm booking awesome comics. It's a fun bar right upstairs. Going to be making that the new scene on Wednesdays. And then you can go over, because uh, I, I usually hang out for a little bit, and then I go over to the stand, uh, check out the end of uh, of Louis J. Gomez's new series, Spit Roast, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I'm excited to watch back more of those streams. I got to endorse that show, because it's like really dark monologue-type jokes, and then it's fun to see people being funny with these topics uh, as compared to the way it's treated by other people. All right, everybody. Wednesday nights, come hang out. Once a month, I'm doing the Perryville, Maryland show, booking some big-ass comics. Dave Temple's going to be headlining this time. Got a bunch of shows with Davey Smith on the road, making things happen. That's our episode. Thanks for hanging out. Have a great day.